it as good as the one in Sydney. And it's going to be on a bridge? Yeah. On a bridge? On the... the, the, uh, On a bridge. Wow. So, last question. What is new about the Taipei 101 fireworks show this year? Oh, I know this. Is it lasers? No. No. It's going to be 3D. That's right. It's uh, 360 (laughs) degrees, meaning that... It's revol- It's around the whole building. You can watch it at any angle, and you get to see the whole thing. Doesn't that always happen? Like, mm. I remember the fireworks all just spew out. Some of them do, but not all of them. this all about? Why are they doing that? What's going on here? It's Curious John. What is he curious about today? It's difficult to imagine what any city in the world looked like a hundred years ago without the help of photos or maps. But the Taipei of a hundred years past is especially hard to imagine. The past century here has seen the city's population surge, old landmarks disappear, and whole new districts lined with high-rises spring up from nothing. These days, lots of people are imagining what the city was like a hundred years ago. That's because officially, at least, it was a hundred years ago that the city of Taipei was founded. There have been a number of events held this year to mark the city's centenary, but if you want to get a feel for what life was really like in Taipei back in its early days, you need to go to one in particular, a compact little exhibit being held at City Hall. Taipei's founding coincides with a period of radical change in Taiwan, and this exhibit does a great job of capturing all of the new ideas, technologies, and trends that swept through the young city. Even before its official founding, the groundwork was being laid for a grand city. Since 1895, Taiwan had been a Japanese colony, and Taipei was to be a colonial capital. Before we even enter the exhibit, we can already see how things in this new capital were going to be different from anything Taiwan had seen before. At the entrance to the display, there's a video game for kids projected on the wall that involves fixing leaky pipes. It was around the time of Taipei's foundation in 1920 that a growing number of people in Taiwan had access to running water from Japanese-built water systems. As you walk into the exhibit, silhouettes of buildings on the walls also show another change, the look of the cities. Just as they emulated Western colonialism, Japan at this time also adopted some Western architectural styles, and the colonial capital at Taipei had many brick buildings built on Western models. The exhibit's first stop is a recreation of a 1920s-era schoolroom. Though Taiwanese and Japanese students often studied separately, all of their classrooms were probably similar to this one. There's a map of Japan on the wall, and on a fake blackboard is written out in Japanese a geography lesson, with texts describing the main features of the Taipei area that kids might have copied into notebooks. In the middle of the room is a row of desks and chairs. The desk is topped with glass. It's actually a cleverly designed display case, showing rare period textbooks that actual students would have used. They're only made of flimsy paper, so it's amazing that they've survived all these years. It turns out that the lesson on the board isn't just something someone made up. 
It's a real lesson kids of the era would have learned. And in the display case, an old geography textbook is open to the exact same page this lesson comes from. While classes like geography and arithmetic may be familiar to students today, other lessons feel a bit alien. If you read some Japanese, you can get a glimpse at a few tables of contents. One of the books is an ethics textbook with lesson titles like Get Along With Your Siblings, Don't Cause Trouble to Others, His Imperial Majesty, and Respect Your Elders. Next to this recreated classroom, there's a doctor's office, complete with eye charts and colonial-era illustrations of how diseases spread. You can see cholera, typhoid, dysentery, and plague, which give you some idea of what colonial-era doctors were up against here. You certainly don't see cholera or plague in today's Taiwan. Among the other Western ways that Japan brought into Taiwan, one of the most significant was probably Western medicine. This started way before the 1920s. Back in the 1890s, during the war that saw Japan take Taiwan as its colonial prize, most of the Japanese casualties were a result of disease. Even those at the top of the military chain weren't immune. The commander of the Japanese invasion himself, Prince Kitashirakawa Yoshihisa, died of disease before the conquest was complete. The new colony needed Western medicine and sanitation. As a result, in the very first years of colonization, Japanese authorities founded the ancestor of today's National Taiwan University Hospital, the most prestigious hospital in Taipei today. The link between this doctor's office and the classroom we just saw, though, is that the Japanese also instituted regular checkups for students, physicals that also tested students' eyesight and looked at the state of their teeth. Of course, in 1920, the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic was still a recent memory, and there were plenty of hygiene campaigns that went through schools too. Combined with running water and sewers, you can see that quite a bit of effort went into fighting disease. Clothing, fashion, and photography form the next section of the exhibit. Here, changes were radical. Before Japanese colonization, Taiwan had been a part of the Chinese Empire. And even through the first decades of colonization, you might still find men wearing the old Manchu queue, or women with bound feet. Japanese colonizers stamped all this out, introducing Japanese clothing and also Western-style suits and haircuts. There's a recreated tailor shop, complete with a sewing machine, and also a photography studio, because people now like to take pictures of themselves in their new clothes. During the 1920s, around 10 professional photo studios sprang up in Taipei. They would all be Japanese-owned until the 1930s, but they were well patronized by pretty much everyone. It became customary to take family photos, and photos of important occasions such as graduations. The few with the means, including some local Taiwanese enthusiasts, could also go to these photo studios to buy equipment of their own. They could also use their dark rooms, and occasionally, the space of the studio itself, for exhibitions. In passing, we can see transportation being transformed too. While the metro that runs citywide today was still many, many decades off, automobiles did begin to appear slowly. While rickshaws or trains were the norm for most people, cars and even trucks became more normal on Taipei streets during this time. Finally, we have a look at leisure. The idea of a seven-day week and a standard time zone may seem completely natural to us, but these ideas were introduced to Taiwan during the Japanese colonial era. This brought the idea of the weekend and state holidays. And as with medicine, architecture, and schooling, it was Western models that provided ideas for what to do with this time off. The idea of the public park came in through Japan, 
And one of Taipei's most notable parks, the 228 Park, dates from this era. There had been private gardens before, but never a big public space where people could gather and socialize while listening to bands playing on bandstands. There are photos on the walls of people doing just this. Speaking of the 228 Park, it was also home to one of the new breed of cafes. Newly introduced coffee and cafe culture were taking off here. The Lion Cafe, once hosted in the park, no longer exists, but establishments of the same type were around the city, places where waitresses served exotic Western food and hybrid Japanese Western sweets, all to the sounds of new styles of music played on vinyl. To be fair, this cafe culture hadn't yet become as mainstream as it is today. It was mostly an artsy crowd that would go to these sorts of places. But for intellectual types, it was exciting and new. The father of Western-style Taiwanese painting, Japan's Kinichiro Ishikawa, held regular coffee meetings and chats at one of these cafes. Most exotic of all, though, was the Taipei Zoo. During the period of colonial rule, many animals from the far corners of the world lived in this zoo, attracting big crowds. The site of this original zoo is within walking distance of RTI Studios. It was founded by a private Japanese citizen in 1914, but the following year, the colonial Taipei prefectural government bought the place up to commemorate the accession of the Taisho Emperor. The place was reopened in 1916, rebranded as a Japanese government operation. By this time, the zoo already had 70 animal species. In 1921, just one year after Taipei was founded, the city government took control of the zoo. Photos shown on a TV here show a newspaper clipping from the late 1920s about a kindergarten outing to the zoo. And there are black and white photos of various flamingos, elephants, and orangutans that joined the menagerie. The zoo has since moved clear across town, but it still exists. So this exhibit shows us a lot about daily life in 1920s Taipei. But one thing it doesn't really do is tell visitors where they can go for a taste of what this era was like. Because while much of 1920s Taipei has since crumbled away or been demolished, there's still plenty of it left if you know where to look. At the Taipei Water Museum, you can visit the waterworks that powered the city's water supply. And turn-of-the-century monuments like the Presidential Office and the Grand Taipei Guest House, once home to Japanese colonial governors, still stand, dominating the skyline as they always did. And in places like the city's old quarter in Dadaocheng, you can also get a feel for what life was like for ordinary people in the many rows of brick shops and historic homes that still stand. The city has changed in many ways, but a hundred years on, that 1920s framework remains. I'm Curious John, and I'll see you again next week. How do you navigate the world without using either your vision or relying on another person? Well, some blind people have guide dogs, but for most, the iconic white cane is the best option. It not only enables you to feel and hear your way forward, it can also notify other people of your presence. And for many people, it offers an invaluable sense of security. I'm Andrew Ryan, and in today's Ear to the Ground, my students at the Taipei School for the Blind take me on part two of my journey into their world of sounds. 贴紧台湾的羊耳朵 An ear to the ground Now you've heard this sound before 
It's one of my students using a white cane to navigate a hallway. Not all of my students use them. That's because they have varying degrees of vision impairment. Now, for the most part, it's the three students in my class that are totally blind who use a white cane. I'm Yusan. I'm Jishan. I'm Yijin. And today, they've agreed to be my guide. But what's interesting is they don't usually use their canes in school. Jishan tells me that they're familiar enough with their surroundings here that they don't need a mobility tool. But outside of school, it's a different story. From the sound, he says, he can tell whether there are changes in the ground surface, something dangerous up ahead, or some sort of object in his surroundings. I ask Yushan and Yijing if they're used to using a white cane. They are. And are there any difficult aspects? Nope, they say. Have they encountered difficult paths, I ask. Yes. And what do they do? Keep on walking. <laughs> Jishan tells me that he will retract his cane and continue walking as well. As we walk upstairs, I notice the sound of the white cane interacting with the climbing footsteps. It's a different sort of tapping sound from the kind that you can hear on flat ground. Now, one of the ways you navigate stairs with a cane is to first anchor the tip of the cane in the crack at the bottom of the stairs. Then you bring your toes up so they're touching the step. And then holding the cane perpendicular to the ground, you trace the edge of the first step to get an idea of the size and shape. And then as you begin to climb, it gently taps each step on the way up. And then when the cane swings forward through the air, you know you've reached the top. I asked my students what they think of when they hear the sound of another tapping cane in the distance. Perhaps it's someone like us, Yijing says. Jishan says he finds a place to stand to the side and let the other person pass. Now, when I pass someone on the street, I often smile or nod. But what about my students? Jishan asks if they want to pass first or if they need some help. It occurs to me that two moving white canes could be confusing or even dangerous. After all, sighted people know to get out of the way when they see a blind person with a cane, but it's not so easy for a blind person to do the same. Yuzhan says that people in Taipei often offer to help. There's usually someone who guides her from the place where she gets off the bus to the place where she boards the metro. It's a good feeling when people help out, Qixiang says. It turns out that the people of Taipei aren't so cold and disconnected after all. The school bell rings, signaling the end of our tour, and my students navigate their way back through the hallways, relying on each other and on the familiarity of what's become their home on the range. With the Near to the Ground, I'm Andrew Ryan.
pull yourself together already. It's time to feast. Sit down at the table with Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu on Feast Meets West. Hello, welcome to the feast, and this is Ellen Chu, and this is Andrew Ryan. Hello, hello, hello. Let's give a Christmas hug in the air. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Christmas is just around the corner. Well, it's coming. It's coming very soon. That's I'm right. sure that everybody is just as excited as me. Are you all decorated for the Christmas holidays? Yes. Yesterday, actually, I went and made a Christmas lay. A Christmas lay. It's a wreath. wreath. Oh wreath, yeah, yeah. Right. For your door. For my door. <gasps> a fresh one. A fresh one <gasps> and handmade. Where did you make it? I made it in a uh, a florist, which is owned by my friend, and then she had these classes. So we had like a group of ten moms. Oh, I think I saw a picture on Instagram. So yeah, nice, it's nice, huh? I want to make a fresh wreath. What did you make yours out of? Uh, it was like with the green. It's it's called Xue Song. Okay. It's like the snow pine. Snow pine, yeah. Right? So and it's the, like fluffy a little right, bit. Right, yeah. fluffy. And then they have to add some flat ones, which is called Shang Song. I think uh, you know. A fragrant pine. Yeah, a fragrant <laughs> pine. And then uh, you have to put it around the reef, and then you add decorations as you want. And what did you put on yours? Like pink pine cones, <laughs> white pine cones, and pink, you know, oh, Christmas ball. It's why just am I not me. surprised? It's just me. You know, at first, because they had different sizes, right? The 35 centimeter one was the pink one, supposed uh-huh. to be. And then the 40 centimeter one is supposed to have the natural look. Yes. So it has to have, like, you know, natural dry fruit and everything on it. Yes. But I insisted that I want my 40 centimeter one. <laughs> to be pink and then the teacher's like okay just for you she's like I want it big I want it pink yeah she's like you convinced me that you truly love pink uh, yes I think we're, we're all we're all went over to that idea not for anyone else just for me so the teacher bend the rules and told everyone else no one else just Ellen okay? wow well lucky you you have a big enough door to fit your big pink monstrosity on right yes actually I'm thinking of put it inside the door you know why because because then you um, see it when you're sitting there, right? Right. And then my uh, neighbor, they're doing interior remodeling, you know. Oh, so no. it's like dust. dust everywhere. So I didn't want my reef to get dusty. This is mine. Oh, it's beautiful, Ellen. That's Isn't actually it just me. Can I just say it's much more tasteful than I was picturing? <laughs> now, I wasn't saying you're tacky. Right. But, you know. But I, mean, I have my artistic side. You do. Excuse me. No, no, no. I, I definitely trust your artistic instincts. Right. But there's, I mean, that's dusty rose. Right. It's not like it's uh, not like shiny fuchsia pink. or you know like shiny one. It's not glossy. It's, it's like classy. It's very just like you, Ellen Chu. It's classy, just like me. You know, the teacher was saying that you know everybody has their own uh, character and taste and style <laughs> when they're doing these reef so you can see you inside the reef oh wow yeah. your personality it's My like personality. a it's like one of those little personality tests yeah, but in I a magazine could, but I could see you doing the you know they have all these little decorations that you mm. can use you know so next year you're gonna bring me yeah I, I would think love you, to do that I think you should do it I think you will be very very artistic oh, see all these fun. little decor I love it right 
I'd be sort of pops of color, mm-hmm. but also minimalist. Yes. Artistic. Maybe a little bit um, asymmetrical. <laughs> I think so. I mean, you're pretty artistic, so... So in today's show, we are going to continue on the wreath theme. Because the wreath, if you look at it, it looks like a hug, right? Mm -hmm. It's like got the circle shape. It's like two arms embracing Mm -hmm. you. Well, our whole show today is built around hugs. And why? Why? Because social distancing has made hugs impossible for so many people around the world. Mm. Yeah. So what do we do? So we're going to share the warmth of a hug through today's Feast Meets West. Okay. Shall we have a look at what's on our menu? All righty. Okay, so in our first course, you look at the foods that most resemble hugs. Mmm, what food makes you think of a hug? Pretzel. Ooh, I like it, Ellen Chu. Right? That's one of the things on our list. We have see? a whole list of things. I'm so smart. And you, what else? Let me see. No, 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 don't, 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 don't give it all away. I can think <laughs> of like 10 already. Okay, don't give them away. Okay. Second course, I'm going to bring you an edible hug. Mm-hmm. And then in our third course... Wait, is Santa Claus coming again? You well, sure some, he will come? I don't know. Last year he didn't come, did he? Santa, Mrs. Claus came Yeah, instead. maybe I'll ask him some question that Rihanna had for me. You know, Ooh. just past few days. You know, because she wanted to write Santa and ask for something. But, you know, when I checked on website, it's all out of stock. Oh, all around the world. Oh, no. And she's like... I thought Santa can build anything in his little, you know, with his elf in his right. factory. Okay, well, Santa has an answer for that, I think. All right. Well, we hope he does. We'll, we'll find out if, okay. if and when he comes. All right. All right. Uh, so we're going to go into a song first. Mm-hmm. And this appropriately is called Yong Bao right. or Hug. Okay. And it's by Jia Jia. Don't say goodbye. Okay, 
So, hug-like foods, okay, what are they? Well, I said pretzel. That's pretty good, right? Yes. You know, it's interesting. I put this question out to my friends on Twitter, and I got a lot of responses. People had a lot to say about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think if, if we want to, like, narrow it down, we could, like, divide it into a bunch of different categories. So, mm. a lot of people said soups. A lot of people said things that are wrapped because mm. it looks or feels like a hug. Mm-hmm. Um, other people just went for like regular comfort foods. Okay. And then uh, the most common one was the bao or baozu, right? Shalom bao. Yes. Wrapped up. So it's like uh, the little buns mm-hmm. filled with something. I think anything that has a filling. Yes. Feels like something that's like right a or huggy. jiaozi. Like pot stickers. What, right. What are the other things that you had on your list first? Uh, I would say something like M and M. M and M's because they're like filled with something. Yeah, it's kind of like with filling. Uh huh. Yeah. Like a peanut M and M. Right. Hmm. That's or, a good idea. You know, chocolate just have filling in there because it's it's crispy outside and mm-hmm. then it's soft inside. Mm, I right? like that. Okay. So it's a whole thing with like inside outside, right? Because mm-hmm. you imagine the arms embracing the person, right? Or you would have kind of like hot dog on a bun. Mm, that's right. right. It's wrapped over. Right. Somebody who's like just any sandwich could right. be like a hug. Okay. I thought of um, you know the uh, the round cakes where they create a, a flat cake and they put cream on it and then they oh, roll it up. It's just a roll, the cake roll. Cake roll, yeah. Right? They call them Swiss rolls sometimes. Okay. Or sometimes we call them roulade. 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 Okay. Any roulade would be kind of like a hug. Mm-hmm. And what else? Sushi. Sushi. Yeah. Somebody. That's actually the very first response. Somebody also said. Uh, onigiri or mm-hmm. fantuan. Oh, yeah. So anything wrapped in rice. That was from Li Xiang. Mm-hmm. So what kind of soups? Uh, somebody said chicken soup literally from any culture in the world. Do you, I mean, do you feel like soup is like a kind of a hug? I it's think warm. So. It's like when you're sick, you know, your mom would always cook chicken soup to get you well soon, right? To bring up your immune system. It's kind of like a comfort mm-hmm. soup. A lot of people also said like sweet soups, like red bean soup. Oh, yeah. Uh, feels cozy. Uh, That's kind of like Thai. I, right? Yeah. Hongdou is kind of like a little heart. Yeah. And also means like shang si or right? Yes. Remembering. Yes. It makes you nostalgic. Right. Think of uh, maybe your childhood or somebody yes. you miss. Yes. A lot of people said tangyuan too. Oh, I think so too because the... It's hot inside, too. Whatever the filling is, it oozes out. Mm. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite tangyuan? Jima. Jima. Oh, me too. It's always jima. Hey, jima. Black, velvety, sesame. sweet sesame. Ooh, mm. I love that. Yes. Um, some people said thicker soups like clam chowder, jambalaya. That was Barton Chen who said or that. Or pyramid rice. Yeah, pyramid rice. That's definitely because mm-hmm. it's got stuff inside of it, too. Renbingjian. It's it's kind of like a burrito, Chinese burrito, and it's uh it's fresh too. It's right? fresh too. Yeah, right. Mmm, mm. I like spring I'm rolls as well. Now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> With all these food, and you know, they just feel so comfy. Somebody else said guapao, uh, which are like it's these kind of like sandwich steamed manto, right? Mm-hmm. With uh, pork belly in it. Mm-hmm. Maggie Lewis said that uh, because fluffy bread is hugging pork belly, kind of like a squeeze around your tummy. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I could use some of that in my pork belly. A lot of imagination. 
We're going to go into another Huggy song. Mm-hmm. What is this song called, Ellen Chu? So this song is called Mava. Mm. And this is a hug in the Pinu Yumayan language from Katipun in southeastern Taiwan. This is by Sambui. Mm-hmm. Um, so have a listen to this. And when we come back in our second course, I'm going to bring you a little food that's kind of like a hug. Okay. Listening to Feast Meets West. Second course. Okay, I'm ready for my hug. Hug for you, Ellen Chu. He's Chew. wrapped it up in his little kitchen towel. Towel to hide it from view. Okay. So when I think of a hug, I think of something wrapped up too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also wanted to do something that was kind of Christmassy because, you know, we've got Christmas just around the corner. All right. So I made you a kind of Christmas cookie oh. with two of your favorite flavors in it. Wow. So have one of those, Ms. Chu. This is ice cold too. Wow. Can I have one as well? <laughs> Isn't it all for me? <laughs> well, I mean, I think both people need to be involved in the hug, right? Mmm. <laughs> banana? Hmm? Banana? Does it have banana in there? There's no banana in there. So basically, these are little chocolate balls covered in a dusting of powdered sugar. Wow. And so it has chocolate in it. Mm-hmm. But also has coffee in there. Has a little taste- bit of Kahlua. Yeah, Kahlua cream, right? Mmm. Mmm. Am I going to be drunk? No. I'm going to be, like, crazy driving? I don't think so. Okay. There's not that much Kahlua in it. It's pretty light. This is yum. 
Is it good? It's good. I've never made these before, but my mom suggested I make them because they make a nice, easy Christmas wow, treat. Wow, this is nice. So it's got um, crushed pecans. There are Oreos in there. Mm. There are also um, powdered sugar. Mm. Um, a little bit of corn syrup just to bind it together. And some Kahlua. Five mm. ingredients. You stick it in a food processor. You make it into balls and you dust it with powdered sugar. Sounds like 5,000 calories. <laughs> five ingredients, 5,000 calories. Right? A thousand apiece. Right. You can't eat anything else today, right. aren't you? But yum. <laughs> Who cares? Mm. Oh, God. So this is my version of a little Christmas hug. Do you think it's hug-like? Kind of. Maybe I should stick something inside it. Yes. Maybe a marshmallow. Baby mm, marshmallow. Baby marshmallow inside Ooh. of it. Ooh. Isn't that a good idea? That's actually a great idea. Right? Either that or some like... Something um, like a, a drizzling of chocolate. Right. Like a fondant. Right. Something that oozes out. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that if it oozes out and if you freeze it, then it's going to kind of like That's going to be a problem. Right? So maybe we should put a nut in there. Like your, um, your M&M's. Mm. Stick a, like an almond inside of it. Oh, so wow. So it's got a bit of a crunch. Crunch. A crunch inside your chocolate. A crunch, okay. Marshmallow would be just something like very soft, mm. right? I, that's actually a good idea. I think it gives the texture a more different layer. Mm. Right? That's right. Like a hug. It's like got a, a soft hug. interior. Soft interior. That's our hug voices. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate your hug. She brought me coffee today. Yes. Iced one. Iced one. Yeah. An icy hug. <laughs> An icy hug. Yeah. So okay. there you go. Simple thing you can do uh, to uh, give your friends a little hug when you maybe can't hug them in person. Right. I think these are wonderful <laughs> ideas. All right. So, hey, Santa's coming after the next song. That's right. And the song is Santa related. It's okay. his theme song, right? Santa, baby. <laughs> <laughs> this is my Michael Buble. Okay. Back in a moment when the feast continues. Santa, baby. Slip a Rolex under the tree for me I've been an awful good guy Santa buddy And hurry down the chimney tonight Santa buddy a 65 convertible to steel blue I'll wait up for you, dude, Santa buddy And hurry down the chimney tonight Think of all the fun I miss Think of all the hotties that I never cared Next year I could be just as good If you'd check off my Christmas list Santa Pally, I want a yacht And really that's not a lie I've been a sweetie all year, Santa buddy, so her down the chimney tonight. 
Canterbury One thing that I really do need The deed To platinum mine Santa Pally So her down the chimney tonight Santa buddy Fill my stocking with Canucks ticks for kicks Throw me on the first line Santa baby So her down the chimney tonight Come and trim my Christmas tree With some decorations bought at the Mercedes I really do believe in you Now let's see if you believe in me Third course Christmas. Santa, you know, you always have the perfect timing. You know, this time you didn't even have to, like, try to get him out of the studio. <laughs> He's out there picking up me some real hug food. I said, you know, you just give me these chocolate and try to, you know, just fake it as a hug. Well, Santa Claus is very happy to see that there's a little truck in the parking lot at RTI yes. selling lunches. Right. And it makes only a lot of sense that Ellen Chu would send Andrew out there. Yes, of course. <laughs> you know, I cannot stand in the line with everyone else, right? <laughs> You're not a line stander. No. <laughs> and, you know, with me going over there to help, too, is a line. You know, I don't want to create a line for other people. I'm very sensitive and sincere about it. Plus, I know that all your fans would be lining up for autographs from you, Miss Chu. Exactly, you know. <laughs> so I might be interrupting all the, you know, the, the little truck, the food truck. <laughs> so. Anyway, Santa, would you like to have a piece of what Andrew just made us? It's kind of like a little treat. I know you love sweets, right? Chocolatey balls. Yeah, chocolatey balls. Thank you very much, Miss Chu. Okay. You know Santa Claus needs some sugary foods yes. to give him energy. Yes, I have so definitely. many places I need to go today. Hey, you know, I have some questions from my girl. You know, she was uh, writing you a letter. And then, you know, I found that the item that she wrote is quite difficult for you to get because I searched online like globally <laughs> and it's out of stock. So, you know, I told her maybe you should change to something else. She's like, doesn't Santa make his own? He has his own factory. There's a thing called a pandemic. So even right. if I want to make it, I don't have the, uh, you know, the, the, the original material. materials to okay. make it. Well, you need to tell little Rihanna. I'm friends with the Easter Bunny. Okay. So maybe if she's a good girl, she'll get something at... Easter time. All right. And if not, then maybe she'll get something at 
Dragon Boat Festival. <laughs> That's a long time in. You know, I'm friends with a guy called Chu Yuan. Oh, really? <laughs> he lives in North Pole now. That's right. He's your neighbor. He jumped in a li- river <laughs> and the fishies ate him up and now he lives at the North Pole. Okay, well, I hope he doesn't catch a cold, but you know, Chu Yuan doing the Dragon Boat Festival, I hope it's not too hot for you. It's quite hot then. <laughs> Santa shaves his beard off, so he looks a little bit different. All righty. So I have some gifts for you, Miss Chu. Okay, so what do you have for Taiwan and us? I have COVID-19 vaccines for everybody. Yay! <laughs> but the thing is that, is it tested enough? Of course. As soon as you get it, it will be tested enough. All right, thank you. So not only that, until you get that vaccine, Miss Chu, something for you and the whole family. Okay. A virtual trip around the world. Yay! Oh, oh, oh. I think everybody will be happy. How about Andrew Ryan? Uh, has he been a good boy? He's been quite good. Okay. Maybe you should give him like a virtual family time with his family. Oh, that's very nice. Right? Santa Claus can do that. You know why? Why? Because it's absolutely free. Okay. <laughs> and what else? Uh, let's see. I also have here some COVID-free hugs for everybody in the world. Oh, just like what we have served today. Yeah, so if you hear your doorbell ring, I'll be standing outside okay. and ready to give you a hug. All but right. make sure it's me and not just the hobo that lives down the street. Okay, <laughs> I will check that. Remember, we have our secret little, you know, password. That's right. Right? What's the secret password, Ellen? It's ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what, Ellen Chu? I gotta go. My sleigh is double parked out front. See you next year. Ha, ha, ha. Merry Christmas. Hi, Ellen. Hey. What's going on? Why? <laughs> Who's that guy that just left here? Was that Santa? Did he leave me a present? He was very sincere that he was afraid that your chair will be cold because the weather is getting cooler and cooler. Uh-huh. So he sat here to warm your chair. Well, my chair is definitely very hot. Okay. Yes. Uh, thank you, Santa. Okay. And he <laughs> promised to give you a virtual family time with your whole family. Oh, well, that's nice. That's See? very nice of him. But... Hold on a second here. Virtual family time with my family? That's free. That doesn't cost him anything. I already have that. By the way, he took one of your chocolate balls. I noticed okay. that. I counted them before I left. <laughs> <laughs> so calculative. All right. He's just used to going down people's chimneys and then looking for cookies and taking them. Okay. There's see. no chimney here. I don't know why he did that. You know, I think <laughs> he just had a bad relationship with Santa. You know, you guys have some misunderstanding or, you know, your communication just kind of like fall apart uh-huh yeah so in all earnestness though uh free hugs for everybody mm-hmm. uh we do look forward to the end of covid so we can give you some free hugs in person mm-hmm. until then uh best wishes that everybody can have a special friend that's uh in quarantine with you they can give you a little bit of a huggy poo mm. or uh maybe enjoy some of the warm foods the huggy foods that we've introduced in today's show mm. so addresses not, so, not the North Pole address. Addresses. The RTI address. RTI addresses. So here we go. It is P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. And email us at A-N-D-R-O-O at RTI.org.tw. 
And next Saturday on our feast, join us for our year end special. A look back at our favorite moments from the year that was 2020, and we're going to be offering you a buffet. Buffet. The buffet. So, you know, do your diets and, you know, don't fill yourself too much with anything, okay? Because we're going to have it all you can eat. That's right. I always look forward to this show at the me end of the Me too, year. because it kind of bring me back some good memories too. Yeah, we can remember all the places we've been, all the things we've done. Yes. All the foods that we've eaten together. All the times that we cracked up, okay? Yes, all the times that I had kitchen fails. Right. <laughs> okay. All right, one final song today. And? and? This is actually a Christmas song. So it's a bit of a bittersweet song. Okay. It's called I'll Be Home for Christmas. And this is by Lady A, dedicated to all of those of you who cannot be home for Christmas right. this year. But remember, we are there for you. That's right. So for Feast Meets West, I'm Andrew Ryan. And this is Ellen Chu. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. I'll be home for Christmas.
Are you listening? <laughs> this is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw. Our 60-minute English program can be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6185 kHz. In South Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. You can also email us at rti at rti.org.tw. 